Please sit comfortably. So good evening, everyone. Hello, everyone on Zoom. Uh, the, the theme I'd like to speak about tonight is about attachment, detachment, and non-attachment. And sometimes there's, there's misunderstandings around what these words mean and what the nature of practice is. But as many of you have probably read or and experienced, is that in um, Buddhism, uh, attachment is seen as being the source of our dissatisfaction and suffering in life. So we, we grasp after the things we want and we avoid the things we don't like and we, we hold on hold on to the things that we think are going to make us happy in life. And it's the actual holding on um, cre creates the problem. It's a kind of resistance to life because life, you don't have to read it in a book, you just have to experience it. Life is changing all the time. Life is impermanent, it's transient, everything's in flux. So if you try to hold on to something and make it a thing and make it your possession, whether it's a thought or an idea or a thing or a person, try to hold on to it. You're out of you're out of step with the nature of life. And um, so, uh, you, you can read in some um, classical Buddhist texts about um, the, the the words are actually along the lines of don't love anything because if you love something, hate will arise from that, you know, and then suffering will occur. Um, but that, I think that gives a very misguided understanding of what practice is. There's a, a lot of people practice Buddhism thinking you go from being attached to detached. And detached is where you have a very um, aloof, kind of um, otherworldly even, um, disconnection from life. It's kind of like along the, along the lines, well, if everything's changing and impermanent um, and, and uh, causes suffering and dissatisfaction, then just get the hell out of it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get involved with anything worldly or relationships or anything like that because they're just going to let you down. And, but but what is, what is, it, it's a false kind of dealing with attachment because it's aversion-based, you know, it's fear-based. If you just become aloof, like if you become aloof in the way you relate to other people, for example, it's just a way of, of um, having, cutting yourself from the fear of getting hurt, right? And, but it creates, what it creates is just a sense of, um, of, of isolation, you know, and separateness that comes of that. So what, what the real practice is, is not about going from attachment to detachment, it's going from attachment to non-attachment. And in non-attachment, it's kind of like if you think of it in a relationship sense, it's like giving yourself over 100% to a relationship, giving yourself over 100% relationship to friends, do you know, and family, and, and to the things that you do. Um, because if, if you're giving yourself over 100%, then you're not letting fear drive you. 
right? It's like I'll just give myself 100% regardless of how this works out. But detachment's always the kind of fear-based holding back from experience. Um, There's a couple of um, very well-known Zen stories that that illustrate this, and some of you would know them, but they may be new to to some of you as well. And one is the story of um, two Zen monks who were walking around along a country road, (coughs) and they came to a stream, a very muddy stream, on the, on the other bank was a, a beautiful young woman um, dressed in a kimono and the two monks saw her and so uh, the older monk, they waded across the river and the older monk picked up this young woman in his arms and carried her across to the other side of the river you know, so she wouldn't get her dress muddy and then put her down. And then the, the two monks keep on walking and the younger monk is, can't contain himself any longer, you know. And he says, do you know, we're, we're monks. Do you know we're not supposed to touch women? And you pick that woman up and put her down on the other bank. And the older monk turned to him and said, you must be very tired. You've been carrying that young woman for a long time. <laughs> so that's the nature of non-attachment. You know, it's not like getting, we can get attached to ideas of purity as well, you know. Um, and, and very abstract ideals. But here's the older monkey, saw there was an, a need, responds to the moment, puts it down, lets it go, gets on with walking. Mm-hmm. There's also another story which is called um, No Loving Kindness. These are all about, um, there's not very many stories about. <coughs> sexuality in Zen for some reason but these two stories come closest to it and there was a it's called No Loving Kindness and there was a a monk um, who was supported by an old woman who had a property like a large property and he had a little hermitage and she supported him for many many years while he did his own solitary practice you know bringing food and support of various kinds and after many years, she decided that she would try and test how he, whether he was maturing in his practice or not. And he had, she had a, a young niece who was a beautiful young woman. And she said to the niece, I want to I test how he's going. So she instructed him to go down, knock on the door of the monastery and then put her head in his lap and say, well, what now? <laughs> and the um, so it's a sexual overture. And the the old monk I can't remember exactly the poetic words he said, but basically he said, well I, I'm I'm just like a cold rock. I I have no feelings for you. Mm-hmm. So the young woman reported back to her aunt. Do you know what had happened? And and the old aunt got really furious and angry. And, to say, and said, to think that I've, I've fed that monk for five, ten years and he can't even treat you with like another human being with compassion. And she went down and she shooed him off the property and burned his hermitage down. <laughs> um, again, do you know, that, that story in itself, do you know, really, really draws out this fact, this fact, this, this, this view, this perspective that 
you can get trapped into thinking that you can, you, you're just uh, practicing by with attachment by becoming detached from everything in the world. And, and you do that if you if you take on that position, um, you destroy love really. Um, and in in um, Western Buddhism, um, the the monastic there are monastics who are Buddhists, and um, but it's mainly um, a lay practice rather than a monastic practice. And the vast majority, it's a bit different from Asian Buddhism in that in, in, in Asia, you've either got the monks who do the serious practice of meditation, retreats and so on, or if you're a lay person, you just, it's enough just to practice the precepts you know, in everyday life. But there's so many people, like people who come to this, this group, who um, are lay people, um, they're married in relationships, um, and but they want to do a serious meditation practice as well as well as precepts and 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 to have you know, a, a strong commitment to it. So we're kind of like halfway between monks and lay people. You know, we do we do both. But the idea that um, of of celibacy, you know, that if you're really serious about practice, that you need to be celibate. Um, is, is really not accurate. And uh, because what we need to keep in mind is the whole point of doing this practice, you know, where you, you, you break out of being caught in the self-centered dream, is that you, you cultivate love and compassion and joy and equanimity, right? The goal is not to become celibate, right? The goal is to cultivate those qualities, and I've got nothing. I've got nothing against um, people who who choose to lead celibate lives. I really respect them. Um, but but the point of it is not to become celibate. The point is to cultivate love and compassion and joy and equanimity. So if being celibate gets you there, great. And if being in relationships and being sexually active gets you there, good. Whatever gets you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if people have a sense of um, superiority, that somehow celibacy makes them superior or special, then, then they've lost the point of what practice is um, because it becomes just another, another ego identity to, to cling to. So remember that your practice is about um, forgetting the self. And, and throwing yourself in, into life, you know, throwing yourself into the in, into the, the stream of life and into the relationship of life. It's not about keeping yourself separate from it. And as we mature in practice, and it's the feedback that people coming here give me over and over again, you know, who consistently come back, is that your fear level goes down your existential fear, your fear of living and dying, your social fear, your fear generally seems to subside. Whether it goes away completely, I I doubt, Um, but it subsides. And as your fear goes down, then it gives you a greater capacity to just give yourself more completely to each, each moment of your life rather than holding back. It's fear which creates 
detachment. Non-attachment is, is love, it's very different. And joy. And if I can remember, um, just to end on um, one of my, the lines from one of my favourite poems from William Blake. He who holds to himself a joy does the winged life destroy. But he who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise.